You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the program today, episode 348. On Saturday, March 23rd, 2019, we're going to be talking about the Mueller Report. I've got my friend Lex here. She she messaged me and she said, what's this Mueller thing about? And I said, I'm not doing this for one person. You're, half, you're going to come on the podcast. So here we are. So I'm going to give you the beginner's guide to Russian collusion. So stay tuned for that. Warning. This show is for adults. Produced by semi-adults. So the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to We Are Libertarians, where our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. We examine current events from a libertarian perspective while treating modern politics with all of the irreverence it deserves. There has been lie after lie. We toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, a 15-year veteran of politics and media, Chris Spangle. All right, welcome to the program. Um, this is the third time that I had to start it. My cat was eating the bag on my newspaper, so I started the intro of the last one with, hey, hey, stop licking my bag. And uh, that, I, I almost did. Hold on, Lex, they can't hear you. Let me turn the, let me turn the music off so I can turn you up. Uh, Lex is on the Zoom, uh, so she's in Florida. Lex Gingerella, my friend of many years who I don't, I don't know what your politics are, but you always go, what's this about? And I'm like, I, listen, I can't sit here and explain it to just you. Let's come on the show and ask me questions. So from time to time, Lex will come on and ask me just basic questions. I have really wanted to do this for a long time where some normie comes on and just starts asking me questions about current events or politics or whatever, because I think a lot of you who are listening – are ashamed to go, I don't understand what this Mueller thing is about. And so the good thing about Lex, you have no shame. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know it was Mueller. I kept saying Mueller, so hey. I don't, I, it's, <laughs> you may be right. I'm, I'm, I'm almost intelligent, so. <laughs> I love you no matter what. Um, get, get as close to the mic as you can, please. Um, now, is this does this work better? That's way better, much better. Oh my God. I'm like you. I put headphones on now, so I can look like I can fly a plane. All right, can you? But you can hear me. Oh yeah, sexy as ever. All right, things we should have done before we started, I guess. But here we are. Um, Your cat was licking you. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I just I'm doing the intro, and all of a sudden, yell, "Stop licking this bag!" And <laughs> Lex Lex laughed so hard that it ruined the intro. <laughs> So Mueller Muller. Yes. Why, why don't you just start with some like basic backstory? Because well, seriously, well, I hear the name and go, okay, right. I've heard the name, but I don't know what's going on with Let, this guy. No foreplay with you. You just want to get right into it. Um yeah, foreplay, come on. <laughs> now let me explain who you are and how we know each other first, and then we'll go into this we'll go into the boring <laughs> stuff. But Lex, okay. uh you listen to the show that I work for uh during the daytime. Um I never like to say their name just because I don't want them to have to be associated with me. Uh, and so we just became friends through that. And uh, you're from Pittsburgh? 
ish. Right. Um, <laughs> so you're a yinzer. Sure. I don't say gum band, but I say most of the other stuff. Yeah. So if if you hear some funny mispronunciations, then that's you know, that's her Pittsburgh accent. It's one of my favorite accents. What are some words that people from Pittsburgh kind of say weird? Uh, we say buggy instead of cart. So, like, if you go to the grocery store, uh-huh. we say buggy. Oh, I say buggy. I, a couple people don't. I've met in Florida. Older people say it. So, buggy, uh, jagger bush instead of like a thorn bush. A so, jagger like, you see bush. Some- are you there? Well, somehow we've been disconnected. So here we are. So there's that. Um, uh, people say gum band instead of rubber band. I never really got into that. Baloney's uh, <laughs> uh, jumbo. Why, why is it jumbo? <laughs> I don't know. I just that's just what it's called. You just it's just jumbo. Uh, chipped ham. You can't get chipped ham anywhere but Pittsburgh because uh, it's just a special way they slice up basically like deli ham for sandwiches, but uh-huh. it's chipped ham and it's like paper thin amazingness. It's like tissue paper. So good. Mm. You know, one of the oh, sad, one of the sad things about the internet is that these regional differences are kind of all going away and everything's becoming more homogenized. And so, you know, like my great grandma, she lived until 97. So I got to know her into her eighties, almost nineties. And you know, she had this way of talking <laughs> that was not Southern, but kind of high-pitched, but, oh, Mike, let's go wash yourself. Like, there was just, like, this <laughs> accent that she talked like that that was f- fascinating, but, and, and my grandpa kind of has it, but I don't, you know, and you talk, I, I saw the comedian Mary Mack yesterday, she's from Minnesota, so, Ooh. so oh, she's yeah. like real high up there, and she always yeah. talks like one of the uh, the, the uh, Swedish people. But so these these regional differences are kind of going away, which is a bummer. But you know, chipped ham, I wouldn't mind if that went away. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> and of course, I know you freaked out before when I told you about putting French fries on salads. Yeah, I don't know what that's about. That's disgusting. <laughs> Hot things. <When> Cole's- <laughs> Hot things do not go on lettuce. Lettuce can go on hot things, but hot things cannot go on lettuce. <laughs> well, will you eat your steak salad? Do you eat your steak cold? I don't. I wouldn't get a steak salad because hot things don't go on lettuce. Okay, well, that's just you. No. You don't eat salad. <laughs> oh, wow. Just come on here and call me fat. Oh, shit. <laughs> did, you see the, did you see the photo I posted of me from like eight years ago on Facebook today? No, I haven't been on. Um, go go to Instagram or abyss. go to Instagram or Facebook and go look at that photo. Let's get a live reaction of how ugly I was. Like it's on. In- All right, let me get on the IG. So See. kids, kids call it a glow up these days. Uh, I <laughs> I used to be three hundred and thirty pounds. I'm down to about two sixty. I have a beard. I got new glasses. Um, not really better <laughs> fashion, but. Some people glow up, and I had a blow up and put on fifty pounds. So <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm killing it, kid. Let's see. Oh wow! Oh my god! <laughs> you, are you sweating? <laughs> like, is the mid, is that chest sweat? Here's the thing: when you're 330 pounds, the answer is yes to "Are you sweating?" Like, it doesn't but matter. You don't even. You're in a bar, and you don't even drink. What do you? Well, I, I can a have... name tag. Were you working? It, yeah, it was like a libertarian thing. But yeah, no, I was I was enormous. And how, I mean, on a scale of one to ten, how ugly am I? No, I think you're still cute. I mean, it still looks like you kind of, but it's, oh, it's kind of crazy. I like you now. I <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I was in a same sex marriage. Like, look at that picture and tell me I don't look like a lesbian. Like your Subaru's out front, right? Oh you see boy! Pictures of me and my ex-wife, and you're like, "Wow, that's a, such a cute <laughs> lesbian couple!" Like, the, oh my god, is she? Can she see me? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. So go go you. check out my Instagram. Make sure you follow me at C Spangle. I post lots of memes in the stories. You'll love it, uh, and you can see how ugly I was uh, and how cute I am now. To be honest, you you were teaching people how to make memes uh, on your Instagram story. I was like, oh. Yeah, so the empress of memes, uh, who is a friend of mine who runs the wall Twitter, she's the one that actually like posts stuff on Twitter. And so 
she and I were talking about it last night. Like, it's so easy. She's been doing it for three months, and she's making so many great memes after three months. And she's like, how do I do awesome. I want to teach people how to do this. And so we just put up a little post. To please tell your fiancé to stop dying in the background while I'm talking. <laughs> but, yeah, if you go to the We Are Libertarians Instagram and you click on the saved highlights uh, on our page, then you can see how to make a meme. Uh, and it's tagged as our on our Twitter as it's pinned on our Twitter so it's really easy to make memes like you just grab the template get an app and then you can start memeing away and tag us on any of the platforms and maybe we'll share it if it's funny if it's funny and fresh but um, so let's Lex uh, I can't turn on <laughs> the normal jazz music um, funny and fresh that's like my hygiene <laughs> yeah well you smell you smell funny but fresh Running fresh. Um, I went to the wrong thing. I want to thank Jason Doolittle, Craig DaCosta, Christy Avery, Memerty Libs, and uh, the Liberty the Libertarian Coalition for sponsoring, well, for being a hundred dollar a month Patreon members. Thank you to all of our patrons. You guys are the ones that actually make this thing go and pay the bills. And you know, this doesn't get to you for free. We're into the you know, ten thousand an episode mark. And so when you have that many listeners and that big of a community, it takes a lot of resources to make this go. And the 40 people we've got involved, uh, Lex and I are talking via Zoom, which I pay for. It's being hosted by something I pay for. So, uh, you know, help offset the cost. If you appreciate what we do, if you've been uh, impacted by our work in any way, then please join our Patreon. And uh, $1, $5, $10, $25, $100, whatever. You know, even one-time donations at wearelibertarians.com slash support. And all of that helps uh, keep us going as we head into 2020, where we're going to have a ton of attention and a ton of people like Lex going, what the heck is this thing about? And We Are Libertarians is here to talk to normies and not libertarians. I don't do a show for anarchists, which is why I'm, you know, people (laughs) people don't like me as much as Mance Raider, but... Uh, I am. I'm out here talking to normies like Lex. Who? I, I, what is your political persuasion? You just said a lot of words that I was like, "Who? What now?" Yeah, it's um, inside baseball. Cool. My political affiliation. I think I'm registered as like a Democrat just because that was what I picked when I was whatever, and it just kind of carried over because I just figured I wasn't going to pick Republican because I don't know. Yeah, I feel uh, like I feel like you're more of a liberal than lib- probably anything lib- else. Lib- yeah, well, you sent me a quiz or something one time, and it said I was pretty much mostly liberal. So, I mean, I'm cool. Just, like, don't be a dick. Like, that's my whole thing. Remember I, I remember, back, remember that time <laughs> uh, the, the, when the election and the mess and all the shit, and I was like, I don't really care. Go to work. Pay your bills. Don't be an asshole. That's pretty easy, and for some reason, people can't check those boxes. I don't get it, but. All right. <laughs> well. That's that's where I fall. Well, sort of what I, I think that people do, they just do it in their real life. But then when they start getting online and they start weighing in on things that don't concern them and, mm-hmm. and, and they start weighing in on other people's lives that don't impact them, then they start to be a dick. And you're just like, it's hard to hate someone that you're face to face with, but it's easy to hate somebody that has a a, a Twitter profile that's anonymous. And so uh, that's why I really encourage people to to like talk about politics offline <laughs> or you know send that's why I like these conversations but you you're asking me about Mueller so you sent me a text this morning and you go Mueller what's this about and I said uh I don't know man like why don't you just come on the show and I can explain it to you in an hour hour and a half and we can talk about what this is and then other people can hear your basic questions like I want you to ask the questions that you feel stupid asking because what you don't know is how many people are thinking the same question and they don't want to mm. ask the question. So so you started with who, who is Mueller? And so let me explain that. And, and we're supported today by the notes of Hody Johns, who wrote great show notes. And I'm not going to go through everything. Love he, that name. Hody is the man. He is doing a fantastic job with a debate series that we've got going on. And he's such a nice Mormon boy. And I really like Aww. Hody. He's been such a uh, well, he's You said he's Mormon and I was going to make a joke about him. But then you said that and then I would have felt bad if I, I don't want to make fun of him. He much. will come after you with his magic underpants. But Hey, I'll tell you, don't. Mm. Don't. <laughs> Mormon power is real. Stop. No shit. No shit. <laughs> no. I know this. 
Now, Hody has been just a huge blessing to We Are Libertarians. He's come along and he's just stepped up in such big ways. And uh, and the the product that you're getting, the quality of the content that you're getting from me, from the dailies and everything is 50% Hody Johns. So, uh, so he wrote these fantastic, like, there's 20 pages of show notes here. And so I'm not going to go into it because we're not getting too far into the weeds today. But if you really want to know... A lot of detail about what the Russia collusion stuff or, or, or what Russian mm-hmm. interf- who Mueller is, who, how did Russia interfere, how did they steal the passwords, all that stuff. Hody has great show notes, so I want to say that up top. But who is Robert Mueller? So he is. Well, go ahead. First, let do. Would you mind if I just kind of gave you like what I think I know so far, okay. and then you can tell me how wrong I am? All right, all right cool. Let's start there. I. Here's what I know. I know that he's something with, it's obviously something with Russia. So then I think of Putin with his like horseback riding self or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, but basically something about like, you know, stole emails, did whatever. So that Hillary wouldn't win and blah, 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 blah. And then we, you know, everybody found out about it, but nobody cared. But then everybody found out that it was just a big lie for the last two years. And it just was like a big deal for nothing. Okay. What it seems that's what it seems like. <laughs> and, right. And so Trump was involved in what way in 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 your opinion? Oh, I have zero idea. I honestly think he's just like the puppet. I don't know. I don't think he's I don't think he even knows how he's involved. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I think I, I think they just put him on yeah, they put him on a plane and he shows up and he's like, Who am I talking to today? <laughs> oh, cool. Is there McDonald's? And then that's pretty much his you know, all right, cool. He doesn't know what to do. He's yeah. No, I don't think he even knows. Right. I probably know more than he does, which is not much. <laughs> uh, all of that was pretty succinct and true. Uh, so let's expand on it a little bit. So okay. the person that you're you're hearing a lot about Mueller. So Robert Mueller basically was the former FBI director. And he took over one week before the 9-11 terror attacks. So he was he, he was getting up to speed on the job, like, right as 9-11 happened. And you saw... <gasps> you, Conspiracy. <laughs> no, it's just how it is. Um, but he was instrumental in getting us into the war in Iraq. Um, he, uh, in testimony before the Senate, basically said that there were seven countries that state-sponsored terrorism iran iraq syria sudan libya cuba north korea they were all active in the united states and uh he was part of the group of people that really helped push us into iraq Um, but mueller you're going to find that you as a libertarian or just as a person are like i i like that about him and i don't like that about him so obviously Mm. Supporting the war in Iraq and pushing us into Iraq, huge mistake. Uh, but he, yeah. but he was against enhanced interrogation and was very vocal about the CIA's use of investi- uh, of of torture. Um, but he's defended the Patriot Act. He also wanted to find and execute Edward Snowden. Um, he great movie. That was a great. Movie. Yeah. Now after he <laughs> after he oh I have the poster on my wall. I love Snowden, and it's all factual too. If you watch the movie Snowden. It's Joseph Gordon-Levitt too. I mean, come on. Well, the wife in that too is smoking hot. Like, there's smoke show. Yeah. Totally agree. So after he left the government, he was a private investigator. Essentially, he investigated Ray Rice. He the Volkswagen emission scandal. He was involved in that. He did an, a, a review of the NSA and found them to be negligent in guarding our data. Um, he. He said he, he's been a huge fan of the expansion of, of kind of what Snowden revealed. But overall, there aren't a lot of people. And he actually interviewed to be the FBI director under Trump, but Trump passed on him again. So uh, Mueller is, as we've talked about in the Swamp series. So I do a series, Lex, with a guy who has been in Washington, D.C. for 40 years and kind of a fly on the wall. And he said, you're hard-pressed to find anybody in Washington, D.C. that doesn't have respect for Robert Mueller. He's a straight shooter. He's sort of, he's pretty as non-biased as, uh, you know, he's obviously biased towards government power, but politically unbiased largely, um, has voted more Republican than Democrat, but is respected by the Washington establishment, and nobody doubts his credibility. So that's kind of who Robert Mueller is as a person. Is that everybody? 
Well, I mean, because the way you're explaining it, it makes it sound like he's like a pretty good guy. It, to the people who work in Washington who believe in the way that our government operates, he is a good guy to those people. Because, mm. But I think to those of us who don't like the expansion of government power, don't, you know, don't want Edward Snowden arrested or executed, like, no, he's, he's like I said, he's got a mixed record. I mean, I think he is a person of character. I just think he has bad ideas is the way that I would look at it. Very diplomatic of you. Yeah, well. You know, look at you. I, I don't like to impugn people's motives. I'm not. I'm not the type of libertarian that's like everybody's an asshole. Uh, no. Uh, just, just your friends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, so does that kind of help you understand who Mueller is? Yeah, sort of. But like, what is his like title? Okay. What is it? So, the the whole Russia collusion, Russia thing got started during the campaign and. We'll, we'll kind of go into that next, but the way that he came about was that after Trump was elected, Congress started calling for a special investigation to see if Donald Trump worked with Russia to release all these documents about Hillary Clinton through WikiLeaks, and Robert Mueller was appointed by the uh, 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 Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein because... The attorney general, Jeff Sessions, recused himself. So after Donald Trump, there, there just was like all this stuff around Russia in the early days. And you had Mike Flynn kind of having all this, who was the national security advisor, have, like leaving the administration because he was lying to the vice president. And there, there just was all this like questionable stuff happening around this. And nobody really knew anything. And so a lot of people were saying, we need a special counsel to investigate this. And what a special counsel does is it's an independent investigative body that is supposed to be devoid of politics. It's appointed by the Justice Department, you know, which is the FBI, essentially. Um, and they investigate in a, a nonpartisan manner exactly what happened in a situation. So... Bill Clinton, for instance. Ow, I just bit my tongue. That really, really hurt. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Um, oh my God, I seriously thought you were going to yell at your cat and I was like, what is happening? Uh, <laughs> I have, I bit my tongue. Are you okay? Oh, and it's the worst. On my, in the molar area. And so, Ooh, it's the worst. I got it good. And so I just, re uh. I keep rebiting it and re-injuring it and it's hurt for a week and I'm miserable. I'm sorry, that blows hard. You know, I used to do that when I quit smoking. That I bit the inside of my mouth all the time, like on accident. Why? I don't know what, if it was, I have no idea. Like I just, I like, it went away. Like, but for a couple months, I was in like, I was just like, ow! Like I would just bite. I have no idea. I don't. I couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Was there some function of quitting smoking that caused it? I think. I think it's. <laughs> I think it's the act of <laughs> sucking because when all you right. suck it, how you kind of like bring the sides of your cheeks like inwards and closer to your teeth so i think just having got rid of that like habit like but i don't know i really don't know every every single person listening to the show just <laughs> i did it too everybody they, just tried to smoke a cigarette to see if what you were telling the truth yeah like just like when you like it purses your mouth up and i just think for a while like yeah i don't know i think it was just like a weird like i would have like a flashback i don't know right Anyway, all right. So back to the special counsel. So to to kind of illustrate this in history, Bill Clinton had the Whitewater scandal, which was this real estate deal that looked shady. And so the Republican Congress pushed for a special counsel. The attorney general appointed the special counsel and then they started investigating. And then it eventually led to his impeachment because of perjury. The first special counsel, I think, was Ulysses S. Grant because he wouldn't pay his speeding ticket in his carriage. Uh, and they tried to impeach him over that. Uh, so A speeding? Wait, what? 
Like horses were going too fast. Yeah, That's he was funny. he was driving through DC <laughs> too fast in his carriage, and so they tried to get a special counsel to get him to pay his ticket. So, um, it <sighs> you can really launch a special investigation over anything, but it's always dangerous to a president because the the scope always expands. Like Whitewater was the purpose of the Clinton investigation, but that expanded into Lewinsky, and so the Attorney General, who works for the president. Right. The president can appoint the attorney general. It's all the executive branch. So Mueller technically works for Donald Trump, even though he's investigating Donald Trump. Um, You know, he's working for William Barr, the attorney general, who was just appointed by Donald Trump. So but they set up safeguards so that Donald Trump can't interfere in the investigation. All right. So I, I hope that I'm kind of making this. No, you are. It's like that whole, like, I'm my own grandpa kind of situation. Right. So, <laughs> right, right, so right. a special counsel is an independent investigative agency that is formed for one specific task. Like, the Justice Department can investigate anything, but the special counsel is given a mandate specifically to investigate one thing. And so the specific mandate that Robert Mueller was given by Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, who was the who was and is the only person that could have fired him as well, um, or else it would set off a constitutional crisis. He was told, "You are to investigate if Donald Trump and his campaign colluded with Russia to release those emails and documents to WikiLeaks, and and did they coordinate with Russia to damage their political opponent?" And so. First, Robert Mueller established, did Russia interfere in the 2016 election? And the answer is yes. And what we're finding now is that the Trump campaign did not collude with Russia. It's been 18 months of the investigation. By now, if Donald Trump were working for a foreign agency, don't you think that Robert Mueller would have told somebody sooner or said, maybe we ought to get this guy out as the president because he's working for Vladimir Putin. Uh, And so we're now at the end of the Mueller report, uh, the Mueller investigation. And so this is from the Wall Street Journal, just to kind of let you know why we're talking about this. Um, He's ending his nearly two-year investigation that has loomed over Trump uh, in a letter to the majority and minority leaders of the House and Senate Judiciary Committees which is the committee that does the oversight on this stuff. Attorney General William Barr Mueller said that he's concluded his investigation of Russian interference in the 2016 election and related matters, and he would be able to alert Congress to his principal conclusions, quote-unquote, as soon as this week, as this weekend. So right now, Mueller and, uh, and his associates, his team of lawyers, are meeting with Congress and other, and the Justice Department going over their findings over what they've found over the last 18 months. Now, the special counsel isn't recommending any further indictments, according to a senior Justice Department official. Uh, the wide-ranging inquiry yielded criminal charges against 34 people and the convictions of five Trump advisors. Now, most of those 29 people were Russians— And the five Trump advisors were all charged on things that happened either after the Mueller investigation began or things that happened 10 years before the 2016 election. And so Mueller has never charged anybody for anything that happened during the 2016 election, just process crimes. So perjury, lying to the investigation or Congress, um, witness tampering, like saying, hey, I've got to testify, you've got to testify, don't do this, don't do that, uh, or obstruction of justice, things related to the investigation but not the purpose of the investigation. Does that make sense? Did I – Did you? So, yeah, it just sounds like – so, yeah, I'm totally following, but really it just sounds like – so it's just a bunch of speculation. It's just nothing – I just feel like – so, like, great. Well, what do you mean speculation? <laughs> like, I mean, I feel like – like, like – Oh, well, we think like, uh, I have, I don't know. Like everybody's just like, well, I think this happened. Well, I think this happened. Well, I think this happened. It's like, well, that's nice. Well, everybody thinks something happened. Well, that's why, (laughs) but well, that's why Mueller is so important is because he's somebody that everybody kind of trusts to find out what he's, 
He's a uh, probably the most famous investigator in the United States, and that's part of why he was appointed to this. He's not a partisan hack. Like Ken Starr was actively trying to hurt the Clinton administration. Like he was a partisan hack. Uh, but the guy who ran the 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 uh, special prosecutor against Clinton before was a very well respected man who had run the American Bar Association, and then he quit. And then Ken Starr comes in and starts leaking, and and so what. What, why this is important is that this is this sort of ends the debate. It is the findings. This report that is going to be revealed over the next week is what happened. And so what you've had over the last 18 months, or really for almost three years now, is a lot of speculation and a lot of he said, she said, and a lot of leaks from Congress on both sides. And so, yeah, there has been a lot of speculation, but this is going to be the end of it. Um, now, what I have said from almost the very beginning was that a lot of this has been built to hurt Donald Trump and paralyze his presidency, and there is a lot of smoke, but there's no fire. So the reality is that, yes, the Russians did interfere in the 2016 election, but Donald Trump had nothing to do with it. But people who politically were opposed to Donald Trump made it seem like, just by constantly asking the question, was Donald Trump involved, was Donald Trump involved, after three years of was Donald Trump involved, people start to go, well, he must have been involved because CNN keeps yeah. saying it. And so it's really been a propaganda tool from a media that despises Donald Trump, political opponents, the Clinton, the Clintonistas – the the Republican wing, like the McCain wing of the Republican Party, they have used this narrative to hurt Donald Trump's presidency. It's been very unfair to him as a president. And frankly, it is uh, unfair to the majority of the American people that, uh, according to the Electoral College, that elected him president. He's the duly elected legal president of the United States, but a propaganda campaign has been waged against him for 18 months to delegitimize the power of his presidency, which I'm not opposed to because I'm opposed to him as a president, but I do think that it's it's a really crappy tactic, and I'll tell you why it's been done. The, the Clinton people remember how, like, Bill Clinton came in as an outsider who was going to shake up Washington, D.C., and almost immediately the Democrats that are opposed to the new, new group of Clintonistas coming in and the Republicans that were opposed to him because of partisan reasons started with Whitewater what's, and a myriad of other improprieties that Bill Clinton – I mean he just was a very corrupt person. The Clintons both had a very corrupt uh, style. He was able to be a very effective president despite every year of his presidency having uh, you know, these scandals over his head. But the Clinton people who circulated documents and were directly working with the media to create this Russian narrative of collusion, these are the same people that were working for Bill Clinton when it was used against them. And so I think what they did is they created a narrative and worked with the media to present tangential, tangential facts through like something called the Steele dossier – to create the appearance that there must be something here so we should look into it, which is very hard to oppose. Like, it seems like something happened with Russia. You're against even looking into it. And so it's just been a a long... And it's just made Trump even crazier. And they know that because Trump can't help but fight. He can't help but fight for himself. And so the constant... uh, 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 Donald Trump's just outrageous in his statements of violence and blah blah blah. It's like it's not that he's violent; it's that he's go- being he's literally being gaslit by the Washington political media, the political establishment. They're literally making him crazy over this Russia thing, and so it's crazy to like even look at it and think of Donald Trump as a sympathetic figure uh, or Bill Clinton as a sympathetic figure, but that's a lot of what this was. And really the start of it was the Steele dossier, the Washington times or examiner. I think it was the examiner went to this, this political operation, this investigative group. 
And they were doing opposition research on all the Republican candidates in the field, all 16, 17 candidates. And so they hired this firm, uh, G- GPS. Uh, I forget what the exact name of it is, but it had GPS in it. And they were doing – And so when Donald Trump became the nominee, this Republican blog stopped funding the opposition research. So the Clinton campaign through lawyers – found out about it, hired these people to continue the opposition research. And they hired a former spy from Britain named Christopher Steele who went to Russia and talked to, like, like the P-tape. You may have heard about the P-tape. Well, that came from a single source in Russia who was connected to the Kremlin, a former intelligence agent. And so the entire credibility of a lot of the early underpinnings of did Trump is Trump bought off by Russia comes from people who are in the Kremlin. So we have a group of people who are concerned that Donald Trump is bought off by Russia and that Russians are manipulating the 2016 campaign. And they're thinking that because they're taking the word of a former Russian intelligence agent. <laughs> like you see the loot, like the, how ludicrous that is. Like, the the they're being manipulated by former intelligence agents through the Steele dossier into creating a narrative that has caused chaos in the United States for two years. So the the Russians have interfered on the email side and then also through the Steele dossier and creating this entire investigation. So the mm. like. Hmm. Right. I have two like kind of stupid questions. Okay. I know no such right. thing as a stupid question, but I do. Right. Why the fuck do we care what Russia does? Worry about ourselves too. What can we? What are we gonna do about it? I mean, like, great. Like, we found. Okay, great. They did bad stuff. Like, what can we? What literally? Like, what can we do? We're not. We're not gonna like bomb Russia. Like, what? Like, what? Can, okay, great. We can just like be mad about it. The reality just, is that we do the exact same thing to them and around the world. Like the the. <laughs> The hip- the crazy hypocritical part of this is that the very same people who are outraged about Russia, you know, w- like informing the Steele dossier or the very legitimate hacking of the Clinton campaign, and that you remember you remember all the talk about Hillary's emails and how they weren't secure uh, when yeah. she was Secretary of State. Well. Mm-hmm. They ended up hacking her emails. <laughs> like, right. So, so no, I mean, I know I'm not saying what they did. Like, yeah, it's bad. Right. But again, like, what the fuck can we do? Like, so what are we? We can't. Bad. You're bad. Right. You can't come. You can't sit with us. <laughs> well, and so that's a great question that I don't have a good answer to because I, I don't feel that the American government has a morally defensible position on it because they interfere in the elections of Russia, Ukraine, Europe, uh, Asian countries, South America. We have something called the Monroe Doctrine since almost the founding of the country where America has said that we are going to control the Western Hemisphere and we're responsible for every country in the Western Hemisphere. And so we feel that if Venezuela is out of control, we should assert influence and overthrow their government. You know, we're, we're doing it right now in Venezuela by promoting a challenger to Maduro. So we do this sort of thing all the time with the elections of other countries, including Russia, especially Russia, because of the Cold War. And so why, do, why are we mad or why are we confused that Russia would do that back to us? Uh, especially, right. especially when you have a dictator like Putin, it should just be expected that this sort of stuff would happen. So... But there's there's a convenient. It just sounds like we're almost stirring. Like we're that kid that like runs in and stirs the pot and then runs away. Like America, what are you doing? So here's why. Here's why all. Here's why Russia has been focused on. Okay, here's the real reason. We after World War II, uh, you had Russia, the United States, what became the USSR, and, and Britain. Essentially, the Anglo alliances of France, Britain, all, they basically carved up the world after World War I and World War II. And after World War II, the Soviet Union and the United States and the Anglo European powers carved up the third world countries and took what they wanted. So, the Middle East, for instance, 
like Iraq was a country that was created after World War One by the British. <laughs> like there's the the country of Iran and and Israel, all these countries were created in the early 1900s by European and American powers and the Russians. So the the Russians pretty quickly, you know, we were friends with them during World War II, and then within 10 years they become our greatest enemy in the Cold War. Well, the reason that took place is that during the Truman administration and the Eisenhower administration, all of these companies that were making mega money, creating weaponry and planes and tanks and military equipment during World War II didn't want to shut down. So they had to find a new reason to stay in business. And so what they did is they created the Cold War narrative. America is a good nation. It's a Christian nation. It is fighting the evil Russians that... You know, and it's pretty hard to argue that the Russians were evil or that when they're starving 7 million Ukrainians and taking over countries and robbing them of their resources. And the godless commies are going to take over the world if we don't fight them. And so then you end up with the Cold War during the Truman administration because America and the military-industrial complex took the hard-line stance, the, milita- the militaristic stance against the Soviet Union. And, you know, when Eisenhower is in his farewell address, he basically says, America, you need to watch what's happening here and you need to avoid it because it means perpetual war. When Americans, you know, here's the former commander of all the Allied troops in World War II saying, beware of the government that's being built here because this government is militaristic. You know, Kennedy inherits all this and almost goes to nuclear war with Russia at one point. And he says, this is crazy. What is causing this? And he realizes it's the CIA and the Dulles brothers. And the CIA is going into other countries and overthrowing other countries for, to, to quote-unquote fight the Russians and, and to expand American influence. And so you end up with a government that is beholden to all of these arms makers – and they have to create perpetual conflict. Well, when the Soviet Union collapses, what do you do? Who, who are you going to fight? Well, thank goodness that, uh, that Al-Qaeda comes along. Our former allies in the fight against the Soviet Union, if you've watched Charlie Wilson's war, we used to fund Saddam Hussein to fight Iran. We used to, fu- we, we used to fund Osama bin Laden in his fight in Afghanistan against the Russians. And then he becomes our enemy 20 years later (laughs) because we don't leave their holy land. We build bases in countries that we go into, and we kept three bases in Saudi Arabia, and he was upset about it. He was mad about it uh, during during the uh, Gulf War, and then he becomes our enemy, does, you know, terroristic acts. Obviously, 9-11 happens. And then we end up with a war in Afghanistan that's uh, now too old to be touched by R. Kelly, frankly. Um, <laughs> ah, you didn't. I love it. Ugh, that's my thought. Of, honestly, earlier when you were like, you know, remember the P tapes? I'm like, yeah, duh, everybody does. And I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong P tape. Right. Not that one. How the, sad. There's a, which P tape. There's an active duty soldier in Afghanistan right now that was born after 9-11. And so, and by the way, Iraq is voting as we speak to kick the United States out of Iraq, the to remove our military from their country. So, why why Russia? Why fight? Why pick a fight with Russia? Russia and China are our greatest competition for arming the world. We want to sell the Saudi Arabians weapons in their fight against the Yemenis because. We don't want to really necessarily – it's not the first tank that really makes a lot of money. It's the parts. And so if you can sell one Abrams tank, then you now have 50 years of parts that you're going to sell to the Saudi Arabians for that plane or that tank. And so we're fighting Russia, and, and we're positioning ourselves as their enemy because, A, it's reflex. It's what the American – military industrial complex and security services and military have done since 1945 
but also because we want to sell weapons that kill a lot of innocent lives in places like Yemen or, or Syria, uh, coming to Africa soon. We want to be the uh, salesman of death over the Russians or the Chinese. And so we have to have some conflict that is presented to the American people to make this system continue. And so when an opportunity comes along, like some emails getting hacked, which they weren't hacked, by the way. John Podesta, the head of the Clinton campaign, Robbie Mook, Hillary Clinton's uh, campaign uh, (laughs) manager, these people gave their password to the Russians. Like what, what guys, 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 my password is password. Right. What people don't realize about this whole Russia invaded the DNC servers and like, no, they clicked on an email like a grandma that was spoofed and then said, reset your Google password here. And then they typed in their password, which John Podesta's password was like password one, two, three. And they that's not a joke. I love boobs with a C at the end instead of an S. I wish I love boobs 6969 had been the password, but it wasn't. It was password 123, like your grandpa. Here's the guy who is running a presidential campaign and doesn't take cybersecurity seriously. And so they give all these emails to the Russians because of their own stupid behavior. And it's like that meme where the guy sticks the the stick in his bike and then falls over and he's like, stupid Russia. Like that's what... (laughs) That's what they did. The Clinton campaign gave access to these emails to the Russians because of their own stupid behavior. And, of course, a foreign power. Everybody knows that a foreign power is trying to invade a a presidency, a presidential campaign, a a congressman's, uh, you know, Blackberry. Like, everybody knows that foreign actors are trying to uh, do espionage in our borders, and we're trying to do it to them, right? So this is the game. And it's so crazy to me that Donald Trump has repeatedly been bashed over the head for things that every presidential campaign has done for 50 years, like having meetings with, um, you know, foreign ambassadors in Kislyak. You think Hillary Clinton's campaign didn't meet with uh, Kislyak, the foreign ambassador of Russia during the 2016 campaign? Of course they did. Do you think that five Russian actors didn't try to in, in uh, invade the Clinton campaign during 2016? Of course they did. The Trump people are just so unsophisticated that they didn't know not to take those meetings. And the other thing about it is that when they did take those meetings, nothing ever happened. Like, there was the Russian Tower meeting with this uh, Russian agent, but nothing came of it. Like, they're too, they were too incompetent to even collude with Russia, even though Russia kept trying. So... There, there are very tangential um, strings to the whole theory, and that's why I've never thought that Trump colluded with Russia. There is no doubt that Russia is the one that stole the emails. But what did those emails uncover? They uncovered that the Clinton campaign was actively working with the media uh, to present to, – to basically – like they would send an email to this list of journos – who would just then verbatim copy what they wrote as a campaign in major media outlets like the Washington Post or CNN. You have Donna Brazil basically working as an agent for the Clinton campaign to present news a certain way inside CNN. She got fired for it. When Robbie Mook gives over his password to the Russians, they give the emails of Robbie Mook to WikiLeaks. We then find out how much the DNC rigged that campaign against Bernie Sanders. So transparency, they're mad about transparency. They're mad that they got caught cheating themselves. And so what better way to cover up the fact that you were a cheater than to claim that the guy that everybody hates also cheated? And the reality, why this, why this is going to be such an embarrassment for the media and the Democrats and the Clinton campaign is that Donald Trump didn't cheat. He didn't. He. It's like you said. He doesn't have the capacity to cheat at this. So that's that's the realist. Like when you ask why Russia, that's why it's to continue a narrative that sells American weaponry. So it's a very disgusting thing that nobody wants to talk about. And if you do talk about it, you're considered a conspiracy theorist. 
you're you're it's why they don't want an Alex Jones because Alex Jones talks about this stuff or it's why Amy Goodman of Democracy Now a left-leaning person doesn't get on CNN or Glenn Greenwald doesn't doesn't get on major major media outlets because pe- or myself people like us understand why Russia and the mainstream outlets don't want me to go on CNN and say we're trying to kill more people in Yemen and so we're per- perpetuating an old lie. So does that make Sweet sense? Girl, you just said it. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. And then this Mueller Mueller guy's just sitting here like, I told you guys. Look. So, like, have you ever heard any of that? I mean, yeah, like some of, yeah. I mean, there's bits and pieces. I mean, you know, you see stuff on the news and you hear about it and you're just kind of like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, I, of course, that's what's funny is you said conspiracy theories because the second you started talking about like, well, we need bigger airplanes and we need to do this, my head went right to that article about those two Boeing aircrafts that that crashed because they didn't have the right parts in it because they were too expensive and Boeing was like, you couldn't afford it. So all these people died and it was just like, wait a minute, right? wait a minute. And now, so now my head hurts and I don't want to live here. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter where you live. I know. I'm doomed. Here's the the problem with government. Government is, it's like, I hate Canadian geese, Lex. You know this. (laughs) Yes, you do. It's so weird. And somebody said, you're the the Ted Bundy of Canadian geese. Oh, my God. And I said, I'm not. You you would never hurt. I I know you would never hurt me. Of course not. I wouldn't. I'm kidding. But, like, I I did. I did. (laughs) I have a slingshot, and I beamed one on the butt earlier, and he got moving. But I would never. (laughs) I would never kill one. I was just going to say, you might throw rocks at them. And then you said that, and I was like, nope. Yeah, no, but it's I, I use a slingshot because it won't hurt them. But Yeah, they're fine. If it's And then guess what? If you do it with food, you're almost being nice. I and so I go, I'm not the Ted Bundy. Don't you insult me. I want to be the Joseph Stalin of geese. Like when when you talk about serial killers, ah, that's like ten people. Governments kill hundreds of millions. I want to be Chairman Mao of, of Canadian geese. hundred and ten million <laughs> geese. Like I don't and that's the reality of government. People people get so wigged out about uh, a mass shooting and it's always a tragedy when people die. But they never stop and think, how many Muslims has our government killed by perpetuating the system? And so it's crazy to me to to see, like, alt, the alt-right led to the death of 50 people. Okay, well, CNN perpetuating this myth has led to the death of hundreds of Muslims in the last two years. So why is one evil and the other is not? Uh, it's it's the same morality. If you're promoting a culture of death, then you are promoting a culture of death, and just because we voted in it, it doesn't make that culture of death more appropriate or more moral. It just doesn't. I'm done. I'm done preaching, Lex. You can talk now. <laughs> no, I love it. I'm just, I just take it all in like a ignorant sponge. I love it. I shit's crazy. I'm glad that I'm not. Oh God! They're gonna come find me now. No, they're not. They're you're fine. They haven't. They're yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm way too boring. They're like, yeah, no, you're good. So like, <laughs> and that's always. Uh, the, so what other questions about Russia and Trump and the investigation do you have that you've been thinking about? One of my mom's friends said she's uncomfortable at my mom's house because she has one of those um, Alexa Echo Alexa Echo. Yeah. She's uncomfortable at my mom's house. And I'm like, they don't give a shit about what you are doing. You are in the middle of bumfuck Egypt, Beaver County, Pennsylvania. Trust <laughs> me, no one cares about what is going on in my mom's house. It, like, it, it is amazing that people will be worried about that. But then they will not think about their cell phone. <laughs> like, it, thanks, it, right? Exactly. I'm like, hello. <laughs> Do you not realize that the United States government collects every text message, every phone call, every email, every Facebook message, every Facebook post? They collect not just in the United States, but every one of those in all of the world for the rest of our lives. And they never go away. Whatever. They can have it. I don't care. See, that's the wrong attitude. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, why? I'm just, you know, again, like, I'm not doing anything wrong. Like, what are they, you know, again, so, okay. But what happens with, if, so, so here's the problem. It, what happens when I want to paint you as a person that is doing something wrong? If I have collected every conversation you've ever had, every post that you've ever made, and, and can, and we've seen this with the Russia investigation, both Barack Obama, part of why, uh, Barack Obama used this security state and the FISA court to spy on the Trump campaign for the Clinton campaign. They they used the Steele dossier, which is faulty, highly faulty, as quote-unquote intelligence to initiate surveillance on the Trump campaign through Carter Page. And it's because they wanted to see what he was up to. And that information went to the Clinton campaign. And so the surveillance state has already been used by one campaign to spy on another. And Donald Trump has used it in the same way in other instances. And so what happens if you become an enemy of the people who have the power to use this system? I can take boring little Lex and turn her into a monster if I want. I can take any conversation or pull bits and pieces, and you know people don't read the news. They just read the Mm. headlines. So however I work with my – the problem with a lot of the Russiagate investigation stuff is that the the major media news outlets who set the table for all the rest of our discussion have taken the word of CIA, FBI, NSA – Mueller Justice Department lawyers, they take their word as gospel. That is their sources. And so... That's sad. So however they want to paint an Alex Jones, they can. And so Uh, what they do is they'll take the words of Alex Jones. You you see the behavior already. And so you mm -hmm. see see them like, have you ever seen video... He touched me. Did you see him touch me on (laughs) camera? I told him to stay away from me. He touched me. Here's an example that I think everybody will understand. Have you ever seen video or heard audio of Alex Jones saying anything about Sandy Hook in the media? Mm. Yes, no, I don't know. Right, you don't know. I don't pay that. No, I don't pay that much attention. Right, but do you think that, like, what is your opinion of Alex Jones and Sandy Hook? I don't have one. Okay, you're really. I really don't. A lot. Well, no, I'm sorry. A lot of people say it was fake and it was set up and they were all actors just like all the other blah, 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 blah. Right. And I mean, the only reason I know who he is is because it was like literally because of that thing where he was like, oh, we're kicking him off of Twitter or whatever because he touched some guy on camera that told him not to touch him. That was literally how I found out about who he was. Which Otherwise, I really was not know. even it wasn't even Alex Jones in the video. <laughs> oh, there you go. See, right. I, don't, I don't. That's so you're this is the source here. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so that's that's the. You've never seen video. Do you think if they had video or audio of Alex Jones saying something about Sandy Hook, don't you think you'd see that wall-to-wall 24-7 during that period when they were removing him because yeah. of his comments about Sandy Hook? What they, right. what they do is they take some transcripts out of context, r- write headlines that make the person look bad, repeat it over and over and over until people that don't pay attention believe that that's what happened. And, so, and then they start making deep fakes, and then we go real deep. Yeah, and so like I'm not... <laughs> I'm not saying that Alex Jones has a good view of what happened at Sandy Hook. I'm saying most people who have an opinion on Alex Jones and Sandy Hook have never, including myself, seen what he actually said about Sandy Hook. And so I don't need you to— Why? What did they—well, tell me. So what they say he said uh, that he allegedly didn't say? That he doesn't—that he constantly promoted conspiracy theories about Sandy Hook and encouraged people to harass parents— who uh, victims of Sandy Hook, which is not the not the case. He never mm-hmm. he never told anybody to go stand outside of the house of a dead child's like he never did that. Like there is yeah. just, but it has morphed and telephoned over time into that and lawsuits and and so and defamation lawsuits. And so the the reality is that it doesn't matter if you are or are not a good person. If you are on the wrong side of a state that has the power to collect every piece of conversation, audio, writing, anything that you have, they can make you look however they want if you are opposing their their ends. And so yeah. 
that's the essential point of the Fourth Amendment is that you are allowed to live a private life and have private thoughts and have private writings. And a state that has the ability to invade that becomes, if it becomes tyrannical, and it usually does, they can make you look however they want. And so you you have the fundamental right to have a private thought life. And we have given over to that. And for you know everybody who says, yeah. well, you signed the terms of service, to right. you bought the phone, you blah, blah, blah. Like, that's bullshit. That's... I feel like that's why a lot of people hate Donald Trump because of Twitter and just because he runs his mouth. And it's just like, but like, but I feel also feel like most people are like me. And I'm just like, well, you just sound like an idiot. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't know better. I don't, you know what I mean? But like, just don't be an idiot. Stop being an idiot on Twitter. And I bet half the people that think you're an idiot will stop. Right. That, I mean, and honestly, that's pretty sad that like, that's what we go by. But I'm just like, yeah, he's a moron. His tweets are stupid. You know, like a lot of uh, that's what I, me and most people I probably associate with are like, yeah, he just runs his mouth. Right. So it's, yeah. Ugh. So oh, hopefully it's just, that changes ugh. your mind that, oh, I'm a good person. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, it's not, that's not how it's supposed oh, to be. I've done, oh, I've done a lot of, mm, mm. <laughs> that's why I like the age, our little age bracket that we have because we, Oh, you probably didn't, but a lot of stuff happened at a younger age than before social media. Yeah. <laughs> before social media. So we're okay. We're okay for some parts of it. You have to have your uh, PR department at this point in your life. Woo! All right. So cool. any other questions about the Mueller investigation in Russia? No, I mean, so he hasn't, so he's going to come, he hasn't come out with all his final, like, conclusion yet. We're waiting for that. Right. We're going to have that this week. Uh, it's going to be public. So let's let's go back to that Wall Street Journal article where we kind of left off. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, this is a paper newspaper that I am reading from, and thank you to Patreon members for allowing me to have a subscription to the Wall Street Journal. Oh um, my God! I'll start sending you money. I th- get it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, shortly afterward, the Justice Department notified Capitol Hill. Now, the official described the report as "quote comprehensive," an indication that it may be voluminous and go beyond a brief summary and collection of the previous indictments, as some observer has said was a possibility. Um, so it's going to be pretty thick. Now, here's the thing: any special prosecutor has to justify the expense of the, I, I, I don't know, but it's 20 to $50 million for this investigation at this point. So they, Where are we even getting that? We don't have that money. Eh, it doesn't matter. They just, they just print more. I was um, just going to say, stupid Alexis. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're paying for it. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah. Um, so the, that's, that's kind of what is going to happen next. Now, the people who have been trying to push this conspiracy theory for so long are going to try and justify the fact that they wasted so much of our time and money. That's what you're that's what got me starting to want to ask you questions this morning cuz when I was I was like wait this guy this guy or whatever that thing you posted I'm like he's basically just said we just wasted 2 years on all this stuff like what what Glenn Greenwald what are you talking about? Yeah, Glenn Greenwald yeah. had a fantastic thread that I posted some screenshots of the thread um and retweeted it on the We Are Libertarians Twitter but the reality is that Glenn Greenwald a progressive who runs um uh, what what is his website uh the intercept it has been one of the more honest progressives about this as is Jimmy Dore for instance um they have not bought into this conspiracy theory. Now, it's funny to see Rachel Maddow cry on her show last night over a conspiracy theory because that's the exact kind of thing that she criticized Glenn Beck for. <laughs> it's just funny how when they're out of power, they, they, they all switch sides. But the reality is that they're going to find in something that is voluminous and comprehensive, they're going to find little bits in it that sycophants and partisans can go see see you know i saw somebody on twitter who was just a blind partisan leftist going well trump's people still got arrested and charged and are in jail i'm like for process crimes so don't don't tell me i should support your investigation because you 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 started a, a prosecution and then people got caught in 
lying to that prosecution. That doesn't make them guilty of crimes in 2016. It makes them guilty of perjury in 2018. Like, that's that's so s- backward. Um, so there will be things that will come out that will be significant, but if there were further charges, if there were serious collusion, if there were serious issues within the campaign, Jared Kushner, Donald Trump Jr., Donald Trump himself, even Roger Stone, it doesn't sound like he's going to be charged uh, if this official's right. like That guy is amazing. Right, like the web director for the campaign. like All these people would be charged, and so if there's no further charges coming, then there's nothing, re- there's no smoking gun, there's nothing of, there's no there there. And so we're, we're kind of at a point where you can only look at this and say if there's no more charges, then the Trump campaign did nothing wrong, and everybody owes Donald Trump a huge apology for making it look like he did something wrong when he did not. That's called, pro- yeah. that's called propaganda, not investigative journalism. Right. So that's where we're at. That's what's going to happen this, the next week or so. I mean, yeah, and I'm. He's still president. Hello. Right. There's so many different reasons to dislike (laughs) Donald Trump. (laughs) Oh my God! His foundation color alone. Don't even get me started. You can't find true reasons to think (laughs) Donald Trump's not a good president and unfit for office. What? No, of course he can. I mean, (laughs) sure, he's. But whatever. You know what? Like again, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? So, all right. Well, if it, uh, what other questions? Is, is there anything else? Uh, how's your tongue? Is it feeling better? Yes, it feels good. Is your cat okay? Uh, my cat is fine. She's no longer licking the bag. You come, Are you going to come see me in July? I might. Um, <laughs> okay, well. So. No, no further questions, Your Honor. All right. Lex is I getting, love you. Lex I love is getting you married. A lot. Love you too. All right. Final thoughts. I get, I'm getting married. Final thoughts. Mine. Yep. yep. Do you do you do you girl? <laughs> all right. Thank you for that. <laughs> uh, all right. So Le- hope hope that this helps you understand the news over the next week and gives you a different perspective as you listen to it and it helps you sort the truth from the bowl. Uh, so uh, please share this. I'm, with I'm looking forward to it now. I'm looking. I'm actually now like looking forward. Like I want to see what happens. You, so. un- yeah, because you understand it, and it's more interesting once you have all of the 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 context of it. Yeah, once you know things, then you know more things. <laughs> right. All right, Lex. <laughs> it's good to talk to you, and thanks for coming on. Okay, love you. Bye. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.